Welcome everyone to the Random Fandom with Brandon and Brandon. Hi. Hi. That was one of the Brandons. I am the other Brandon. Today, we have a little quick snapshot review of the book of Boba T. That's how it's pronounced, right? Boba, Boba T? <laughs> I don't like Boba T. Uh, I will tell you, gosh, I say that all the time. That's my crutch. Sorry. Let me tell you. There, that's way better. Um, <laughs> that's totally different. Well, let me tell you something, brother. I enjoy Boba, the book of Boba Fett way more than mm-hmm. I actually enjoy Boba Tea. I think Boba Tea is sweet, and I'm yeah. not used to those tapioca balls or those boba balls or whatever that is. I, I don't like gelatinous little lumps going down my throat. Mm. There might be a day if I ever get like throat cancer, then that will like be medically necessitated. But until <laughs> that day comes, I don't, I don't want it. I understand. Uh, yeah. I don't, I honestly can't say I've ever had boba tea. But well, you know, I work some days in the, the city, San Francisco, yeah. and they are everywhere in particular sections of the city. So I, out of curiosity one day, or maybe just dying thirst, tried, and that's the only thing that uh, necessitated that I, I'm not going back. I probably will like the flavor. I just, I don't know. If no, I'll... the flavor is delicious. It's like tapioca sweetened. Okay tea water <laughs> but uh, we're talking I, i'm realizing that we are we are uh, a minute or two in and, and we have not stopped talking about boba tea we are not recording a podcast on boba tea and i'm sorry for that joke uh can we do one on mr t yes that is what we okay. are reviewing today we are reviewing mr t in his entire career we're reviewing we are the, the book of boba fett in a full spoiler review so, if you have not seen the Book of Boba Fett on Disney Plus, then you might want to stop listening, or just keep listening if you don't care about spoilers, because we will yeah. probably spoil it. Yeah, we uh, we missed a, a few, quite honestly, extended weeks of uh, recording opportunities just because of schedules and holidays and all that. So we're doing a lot of, uh, you know, if you've noticed some of our last recordings and probably future recordings, some retro reviews in uh, addition to current day stuff, aka like the Batman, which was our last one. So like Brandon said, full spoiler, if you haven't watched uh, the Book of Bet season one, a.k.a. The Mandalorian 2.5. Basically. Basically, but not, not in a disparaging way, but just in a way that, well, well the wording was way. a little funny. A, a part of my review will include my thoughts on how some of the best episodes were not about Boba Fett. They were about The Mandalorian. So That's weird. Uh, part of my review will include the same. We should do a podcast together sometime and call it ours. So before we get into our review, Brandon, uh, we've got a fake sponsor that was sent to us recently, right? Oh, my goodness. For anyone who grew up in the 90s but wants to infuse a little bit of right now, this is a product or uh, whatever it is that is totally up your alley. Sounds like you a like show, things up your- right? It's a, it's a show. Yeah. Yeah. So if anyone remembers, well, tell you what, let's just let it do the talking for itself. But if you like things up your alley, which I know you do, put this up your auditory alley. It's our fake sponsor. Hello, my kitties. What's the one thing we work very hard for? Always want more of, and when we finally get it, it's never truly enough. No, not sex. Money! (laughs) Well, I suppose the more money you have, the more sex you can get. But that's besides the point. Imagine, if you will, wasting your money in something 
You don't understand. But because there were like 30 fucking commercials for it on the Super Bowl this year with the celebrities, and because you spent five minutes researching it on Reddit, you decided to invest in cryptocurrency. <laughs> Take it from me, my kitties. You have a better chance of catching a cold in the hottest depths of hell. Why work hard, get the proper education, and invest your money safely? You can try to strike it rich now. Fools! I know you're tired of being an Uber driver and serving every other weekend at the local eateries, but you're not gonna retire at the age of 25, I'm afraid. You're chasing a ghost. But don't take my word for it. Sit back, hit that vape pen, keep investing in shit that sounds made up and you don't even know how to pronounce. And listen, my kitties, to Tales from the Crypto. <laughs> well, isn't that rich? No, because it's a fucking scam and it only works for less than 1% of all investors. <laughs> um, off the record, if I don't like things up my alley, but I like things up my ass. Um, is this good for me? Yeah. Okay, cool. And I'm your ally when it comes to those things. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Yeah, no. All right. Thank you. Special thanks for uh, Tales of the Crypto. Um, I still don't understand cryptocurrency, which, um, so maybe I should watch this. You know, maybe it'll help me. It's a cautionary tale. You know, if you remember Tales of the Crypto, most of the stuff ended in death or blood or summonings and just overall uh, malfeasance. <laughs> so that's kind of what crypto is to modern day to dummies. Yeah. You just want to, you know, not work hard and retire. Well, but, you know, you, you say that, but I, I do know people who have made a lot of money. Uh, oh, but according they, to according to what we just heard, it was just less than one percent who actually profit. Oh, well, I know the one percent. We, we are the one percent of best friend based fandom podcasts. Very true. Very true. I don't know. Uh, I think I think the book of Boba Fett was. Oh, yeah, we're going to start talking about it. Here, here we are. Uh, I've, I've I've moved on. All right, let's get into what our main topic is today, the Book of Bubba Fett spoiler review. Let's start from bird's eye view and, and uh, just talk about our overall thoughts on the series. The, the, I guess the first series of Book of Bubba Fett, I, I assume they'll have a couple more seasons coming because, you know, it's Star Wars and there's unfinished you know, business and there's yeah, money to be had. Yeah, there, there's money to be made. They're going to keep going. But the first, uh, I said series, but the first season, excuse me, of Book mm -hmm. of Boba Fett, what did you think of it? I liked it. I thought it was a little ironic. I, I don't know if that's the right term or just a little eyebrow raising that he I mean, is a it, secondary character it, in his own season. Was it like rain on your wedding day or like? 10,000 spoons and all you need is a fork because that would be... No, idea. it's when you, all you need is a knife. Get your freaking lyrics right. Come on, man. We practiced this. <laughs> we did. We we did karaoke. We did this yeah. song over and over again. I should know this. So you forgetting the lyrics to Ironic is in of itself. <laughs> it's a bit ironic. All right. Don't you think? Yeah, I really do think. But whatever the, the, the term is, uh, I just thought it was a little silly. Uh, yeah. that, Bo that Boba Fett was secondary in his own season or series, but it's, he came from the Mandalorian. So, and he interacted with the Mandalorian. So it makes sense oh, that no. there was overlap, but then as soon as the Mandalorian came on and got his own episode of what, only seven episodes, it was a little, but don't get me wrong. I didn't 
like I didn't dislike or everything I saw on screen was enjoyable. I just the uh, the way it got sorted out seemed a little odd to me. But I'm glad Boba Fett's back. I'm glad we got an explanation of what happened from the time we last saw him getting swallowed up in the Sarlacc pit to the fact that he came back. I thought the first few episodes were slow, but told a good story. I thought there was completely just one stinker of an episode, which I'm happy to uh, give more thoughts on. And overall, I really enjoyed it. I'm You're going to put Star Wars in a series format. Chances are I'm going to like it. The series between the two seasons of Mandalorian and now this, the series and hopefully Andor when it comes out, are they really only new post-Disney acquisition uh, portion of Star Wars that I've really enjoyed? I liked Last Jedi. You can go back and listen five years ago when we did that podcast. But overall, I was so disenfranchised with the new attempt at a trilogy. I'm really liking series. Star Wars has a home in a series format, and this didn't do anything to dissuade that. How about you? Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you. I think Star Wars does well in the series format, specifically with the idea that there's this large universe and that there are key players within the universe, and we can focus the series on those key players. I, I like that. I appreciate that. I want to see more of that. I do think that this was a bit of a disappointment to me specifically Mm -hmm. thinking i mean it comes right off the heels of the mandalorian which the mandalorian is not a character that we knew before it was introduced to us in the series format it was grittier um a bit slower than what we're used to on um the star wars you know, universe, like specifically the movies, but it allowed us to dive so much deeper into this bit of an episodic feel around yeah. the Star Wars universe that at first I didn't like as much. I, the Mandalorian at first, I wanted more of a, a through line. I wanted more of that, like, what's- the No, it had one? a Saturday morning cartoon feel for the first half of the season, just like, oh, yeah. today, this, this week's episode of Mandalorian, but no real- connective tissue until it started taking shape at the end yeah and i and i think that's why i started the series of the mandalorian not liking it as much but then ending the series really liking it is because i felt like the 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 first half of the season there wasn't much of a through line story that i was connected to but once we started building that up and once they started playing out that storyline in a in a but while, while still keeping the episodic feel, I liked it. I really liked it. And I, I liked how it was sort of this more, I don't know how else to say it, but like a more monotone and gritty view of the Star Wars universe. Yes. Um, then I was really excited about the book of Bubba Fett. But right after the, was it the first episode where you see him crawl out of the Sarlacc pit? It, it kind of was just like, oh, that's it. That's, he survived because <laughs> he crawled out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I just, I kind of felt like that was a little weird. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll see you there for sure. I, I was, it was a little, for something that was so impactful and that's how we knew him to make his end. It was just very easily undone or rewritten uh, yeah. in just like a five minute period of an episode. I, I felt like that was a little bit of a, 
at least they attempted to address it, but they didn't really go any further than it deserved. I felt. Yeah. I, I felt like it deserved a little bit more of a, a badass type moment because yeah. Boba Fett is not built up to be a badass in, in the star Wars universe. He's just not, it was, it was the fans reaction to this one character that they barely knew anything about, but just like the way he looked. Yeah. And that's what took Boba Fett to, to new heights. I mean, honestly, right. Like it, it, like the Fets in general were just, built off of this um, little hint of a character. And then the, the fan base took it and ran with it. And yeah. that was what really built up um, this need to build a story around Book of Bubba Fett. And I just feel like they, they at times in the show, made it so that the fans got what they wanted. He was a badass in certain moments. And you're like, yeah, I'm so glad Boba Fett is back and he's as badass as ever. And he's everything we wanted him to be. But there are some times where I'm just, <laughs> I'm disappointed. I mean, he's, they tried to make him a really good guy <laughs> who is taking over a crime ring, but for all the right reasons. And I didn't think they needed to. It's like, just make him a little bit better. Make him what we knew him to be, which is like this uh, bounty hunter criminal, you know, but who's yeah. really good at what he does. Um, and they tried to make him, instead of an anti-hero, they just made him a hero. And so I was a little bit disappointed with the way they took that. Sure. I think I like the first half of the series better than I like the later half. Uh, and I don't, I don't really even have a reason why. I just remember being super into it at first and then not at the end. Yeah, I, I actually think it ramped up as the season went on, but still I was just kind of hoping for more somewhere along the way, like not like for the bottom to drop out or to like hit a crescendo because yeah. it never like was so out of um, like out of step with the tone that it kind of set from the beginning, but I just wish it had wanted like more for itself. You know, I think there was just some real, I don't know. It's just like, how much can we just hear the chanting and see the desert storms blowing in the sand? You know, it's just like, okay, let's, let's, let's do something here. And it got there by the end, but by the time it came around, I, I did want more. And I see what you're saying about him just straight becoming a hero. I felt that at least they attempted to, to explain that because he had, I forget who he was having like, you know, a little exposition with, but he just said, you know, like, this isn't the life that you want. Trust me. I, I just followed money and greed for, for years and look where it got me. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I'm trying to turn things around. Um, Did he tell that? Was that to Finnick? Yeah, that sounds about right. But there's still a lot of gray area, you know, like, but he, he is good, but why can't he just be, like you said, become more of an anti-hero? You know, just yeah. what he, what his motivations are aren't based on what's right and wrong. That just what he does is right to some people and wrong to others. And maybe just with a slight majority that would view him and his actions and his motivations favorably. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. he says to Fennec, I have plenty of money. And so it, like you get this feeling that what was driving him 
had nothing to do with the literal reasons he was a bounty hunter. Yeah. You would think a bounty hunter is doing it because they want the power and the money and they, and they take pride in the fact that they are good at what they do. And I didn't get that feeling from him as much yeah. like, and not, not to mention Finnick in this show, at least in this first series was more of a badass than Boba Fett. Like he kept on relying on Finnick to do a lot of the, the cool stuff, you know? And um, I don't know. I wanted to see more from him, the iconic Boba Fett that we have been. I see what you're saying. This, this character definitely has over the years um, since the eighties has been propped up by fans. You know, I think he was a disposable character in his original inception by his makers, but yeah, you're right. The fans have really propped him up. I am glad to see him back. And I really like the, um, you know, this is a, this is Django, basically, right? This is Tim. I cannot pronounce his name. Timura Morrison, for yeah. lack of a, a, a better pronunciation on my part. But mm-hmm. so yeah, this is Django Fett, and it's cool. And of course, he was the voice of all the clones and stuff like that, or a lot of the clones, depending on you know which uh, iteration of Star Wars you're you're uh, looking at. But yeah, I thought his performance was great, and he's a, a broken you know man, but still has just a, a drive to not lose, to do what's right. I didn't quite get a sense of his motivations because once he says, I have all the money, I want to restore order. Then it's like, then why are you taking over a crime syndicate in a place that clearly like you're, this place is too far gone. It's like saying, hey, you know what? Let's, uh, let's clean up, you know, different parts of the world that have been, you know, this way for thousands of years or hundreds of years. It's like, eh, do you maybe know your audience a little better, you know? People clearly don't want you there. You're getting bombed. You're costing people their lives. You lost your pig guards, which was upsetting. Um, you know, I just, yeah. yeah. So there was a slight disconnect between his motivations, weren't, which weren't abundantly clear, and his character. Yeah. But I that's mean, okay. I, I, I don't mind them making his motivations more um, re- re- sort of revenge-based, right? Where he found a, a family in the desert and, uh, and what are those people called? Uh, sand people? Is that just, okay. Tuscan Raiders. Tuscan Raiders, sand. thank you. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he found a family with the Tuscan Raiders. And when they were slaughtered, he was more on a, on a revenge mission. And I, I don't mind that. I, I, it's just that then he goes to take over the whole crime syndicate on Tatooine. And it just didn't fit as much. No, and I, I feel you. So when at the end of Mandalorian, the little Easter egg after the credits of Mandalorian season two, when all of a sudden, you know, he's just in Jabba's uh, vacant uh, palace and he sees Bib Fortuna and he just shoots him down and he just sits on his throne. I'm like, oh, cool. Like he can, uh, you know. <laughs> yeah. And then, but this wasn't that, that like this, the spirit and anticipation that I got yep. from that little Easter egg didn't translate to a season's worth of the book of boba fett you know why would you kill someone if you're just like oh i i just you know want to do what's right i'm like well killing someone it wasn't right i i do i i like him being kind of a crime lord i i like that i just feel like he was the good guy being crime lord and it doesn't seem to fit well like make make him flawed make him bad you know i like um 
the Chrysanthemum, the the Wookiee, like the Wookiee, first of all, looked badass. He looked and vicious. He did. And him as a character, as this sort of violent, flawed character who even when offered a whole bunch of money, remember in that scene where he was fighting in the in the cantina or whatever yeah and uh and the owner i think offered him money or free drinks or something i can't remember to spare this guy's you know um to to not do any more violence on the people and he just decides against it and he just tears the guy's arms off or some shit as they say on the internet nowadays he chose violence and um, you know what like that to me i'm like that's the that's the um feeling i wanted to get from boba fett maybe not as brutal but i didn't really expect boba fett to come out and be some some um philanthropy focused crime lord it just doesn't make sense so yeah that's not the position for 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 that yeah so all that being said um I, there are a couple of points I want to focus on and we can go at them at any order. I do sure. want to talk about when the Mandalorian joins the series. I also want to talk about the ending to the series. Perfect. So should we talk about Mandalorian first or what do you think? Yeah, let's talk about the Mandalorian first. Okay. So I think one of the, the big lingering questions is, would we see Mandalorian being that they had crossover in the last season of Mandalorian with each other? Would we see him return in this series or would they wait to do uh, season three until we hear from him again? And don't get me wrong. I was very happy to see him and his story, but I felt that that really undercut the title character, which I alluded to at the beginning at that point, that's all you're talking about. And then you're, talking about Grogu and you're talking about their storyline, their, their pathway. And it really just kind of undercut. I felt I could have used more development on Boba Fett, his characters and his motivations. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't dislike what I saw. So I'm kind of like in this like little bit of a quandary. Um, I did think it was kind of a bummer that so many of the unresolved issues or future teases, if you will, at the end of season two of Mandalorian, instead of waiting for like season three, episode one and beyond, they just answered them here. Like, will Grogu ever reunite? Yeah, he will. Hey, that yeah. training, nah, not really happening. I was just like, that was felt a little rushed to me. And mm -hmm. I thought that that really took away from airtime, screen time, whatever you want to call it to the character we're here to see. Yet, as a fan who loves it all, I felt completely serviced, if you will. <laughs> what did you think? <clears throat> I felt like when the Mandalorian showed up, I suddenly, I, I fell in love with this, the, the season again. And yeah. then I realized, well, that's not really fair. How come, in my opinion, the best part of the Boba Fett series is when Boba Fett is not even on screen? And I it, agree. it actually made me realize that 
I that Boba Fett is is not the character that I he's not the priority. Yeah, he's not the priority. To, it's so interesting that you um, the the way you were queuing it up about how you felt like it was taking time away from the main character. It made me realize that the main character didn't matter as much to me and that the Mandalorian was the character that I appreciated so much more. Yeah. I also feel like the as simple as it is, the writing and the directing in the Mandalorian episode of Boba Fett was just simply better. It was better than the rest of the Boba Fett series. It felt like two kids, both brothers, one clearly getting preferential treatment than the other, even though they're supposed to be, you know, equal. Yeah. I, I didn't like that aspect, but I didn't dislike anything I saw as a fan. But when I'm thinking about it after, you know, I'm watching the episode, I'm like, that's was a little preferential, you know? Yeah. Like, why did, why is it that the Mandalorian had, in my opinion, this sort of superior writing and directing to an episode than the entire series of Boba Fett? Yeah, I'll agree. Why why is I get I think let me let me say I think that was probably a purposeful decision at Disney when they're creating uh-huh. these episodes they're trying or I mean sorry when they're creating these series they're trying to make every single series slightly different so it doesn't seem like a copy of the previous one. And so if you had Boba Fett which is about a guy in a Mandalorian outfit the exact same feeling as the Mandalorian of another, you know, guy in a Mandalorian outfit, it would seem like just that you're rehashing something that's already popular. So I, I see that they were trying to do something different. I just don't think that they did it in the right direction. Like, I don't yeah, I'll agree I didn't like that. it as much. So when the Mandalorian himself shows up and, and I feel like I'm watching a new episode of the Mandalorian series that I just tend to like so much better it makes me realize that I don't really like the Boba Fett series as much. The Boba Fett character, as we have now known him in his second run, by design, I'm not just saying this is how I feel, but I feel like, or this is how I feel, but I feel like it's by design, is very secondary and he's a tie-in. Let's face it, if they had come right out when Disney Plus started as a streaming service and said, we're going to do a new Star Wars series called The Book of Boba Fett, I don't know if it would drive traffic and cause people to sign up the same way that the Mandalorian did all new character, baby Yoda, all this cool new, Hey, we're taking up right after return. Of the Jedi leaves off in the remnants of the empire. Whereas yeah. I don't know if this, if they had put this first, if it would, you know, be causing people to sign up. I mean, it's huh. yeah. Mandalorian is the sole reason I've signed up for two years in a row and then everything else is nice, but because I'm already there, they already got me. I don't know if I'd be signing up for book of Boba Fett, especially in retrospect, having seen it now i'm still interested in the second season but i just need more and i need him to matter more in his own series is it, that's not like saying it was bad but it was just it felt a little disconnected and it felt like it didn't have a true impact in the star wars universe which is fine i i don't mind the smaller stories that don't have some big planet ending you know, impact on, on the Star Wars universe. But I guess with the Mandalorian, you can just assume that Grogu's impact is going to be something big. And so yeah. you, you just feel like you're on the ground floor of something. 
with the man, I'm sorry, with Boba Fett, I, I didn't feel like there was that much I cared about yeah. in, in the grand scheme of things. I didn't care about the character as much. I didn't care about the impact of the world as much that he had. So, yeah. um, yeah, anyway, uh, anyway, so, um, let's, can we talk about that final episode? Because I feel like I, I've got real mixed feelings about it. I'm curious to hear your thoughts. You know what? I've, I feel like I've been talking a lot. I want to hear okay. your thoughts. I'm curious for you to hear my thoughts is what I meant yes, to say. Please. I, I, I wanted Darth Maul to show up. I don't know why <laughs> I felt that he was going to show up, but I just feel like, you know, depending on what animated series you've watched or fiction you've read, you know, that's complementary to, um, you know, Star Wars canon, you know, he's out there. Um, and I wanted him to show up. I, I, I don't know if that's reasonable or if that's, you know, yeah, in line. And when he didn't show up and it was just like, I felt like though the action was grand and I really liked seeing them on screen together. And it was the typical like Spartan, you know, Spartans, the 300 Spartan story. Like there's so many of them and just us and our scrappy little gang, but yet we're going to fight. and We're going to find a way. And, you know, it's fine. And then of course, right. When something world ending in their world, is about to end their world. Someone comes, you know, to save the day, Deus Ex Machina storytelling. And it's all very recycled and nothing new, but it was still well done. But I wanted more. I wanted someone bigger to show up. I wanted something bigger to have an impact. I didn't want what I got, but I didn't dislike what I got. You know what I mean? I do. I I felt like they were really trying to go with a more Star Warsian finale. Yeah. Um, I love Cad Bane, by the way. We haven't even talked about him. Cad oh, yeah. What's he, where is he from? He's from one of the animated series or something, right? Uh, you know, I'm not 100% sure. I recognized him right away. I, I didn't know the name, but I'm like, oh, this guy, the, like the, the blue skin, red eyed, you know, alienoid looking gunslinger. I, yeah. I knew I recognized him, but I didn't know his name. And I thought I he like was cool for the time he had. Right. So, as a big bad, I felt like he was really cool and menacing and had one of the coolest looks in all of star wars i thought yeah. his some of the characters in star wars you can tell they're just wearing rubber masks and it looks silly this yeah. character i'm just like dude they they perfected this character and then they kill him off yeah <laughs> i'm like why he should be he should be your bad guy through multiple seasons. Uh, yeah, and he had history with Boba Fett. I, they just alluded yeah. to it. He knew his past, and that's why he's like, "No, nah, you're not this new, nice, benevolent lord of the land. You're, I know who you are. So, yeah, but maybe they'll bring him back because all you have to do is go in a back-to-tank, right? Like if you're Timothy <laughs> Oliphant, that's, that's true. all you have to do. So maybe they'll bring him back. I, I thought maybe. it was, I thought it was like a Killmonger-type situation where I, I, I'm slapping – my palm against my forehead thinking, why would you kill him? He's so good. Yeah, uh, you got something there. Yeah. But they did. And then uh, the, the, the finale was all about a bunch of innocents running down a, a narrow street getting shot at and never getting hit, which is very Star Warsian. Yeah. 
and then uh, a some you know Bubba Fett riding a Rancor, and which it, was fun. That was a cool payoff. I think it was fun, but it was also so obviously fan service that it seemed silly. Fair. Um, and I know I'm picking it apart, and and a lot of people who love this series are are, are thinking that I'm. I'm take. I think I'm taking your role this time, man. Like you're usually the one who's more more negative on something, and and I'm usually like, no, it's not that bad. I think in this case, it's the opposite. I'm. Yeah, we're due for that a little role reversal. I, yeah, we are. I I feel like there's so much, specifically about this last episode, where I just kept thinking to myself, that is stupid. Like when you have these machines which by the way, machines should have pretty damn perfect accuracy because <laughs> you can code that stuff. If you have machines shooting at a, you know, 20 people running down a narrow alleyway and they can't hit anything, it just seems silly. I think they got like three extras that we faceless, nameless extras. Maybe. Yeah. So there was just, there's just times where I, it pulled me out of the story because I was thinking how silly it was that they had made that decision or filmed things in this certain way. Um, and it, it, it's, I hate to say it, but it made it so that I didn't enjoy it as much as I wanted to. It's understandable. I, I wouldn't argue that, you know, that wasn't my experience to that degree, but I totally see that. Why we're just kind of, you know, getting uh, our grievances out um, aside from the last episode. I freaking hated that one episode that was just so clearly like, like not contributing to the story, even though it took a detour, you know, for an episode and a half with the Mandalorian 2.5. But I hated that episode where it's just like, oh, hey, you biker gang killed my friends. Nope, you got tricked by the spice runners or whatever. And now we discovered unlikely allies and the mod people who were like basically cyberpunk people in Star Wars like seriously what was that 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 would come on like hey we're just like we have optical eyes so we all of a sudden now we're worth being on screen and oh i have a mechanical arm that can do exactly what it is i need out of this situation that that was the the mods or whatever they called them it seemed very it seemed very um surface level fake i'm supposed to believe that they're going to be shoulder and shoulder fighting whatever force is coming down on the Mandalorian Fennec and, you know, Boba Fett, you know, trained assassins and killers. And they're just like, Hey, we're, we ride speed bikes. Yeah. yeah. Come on. Get yeah. out of here. Very bright colored speed bikes in, yeah, a they, world, in a world that is not meant to be. It's desert. Yeah. 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 That, that just clashed so much with not only aesthetically, but just kind of conceptually, why would Boba Fett align himself with these people? I, I didn't get that. I felt I, I just as well. I, I just hated that particular episode. But overall, I I am actually more interested in my takeaway for the characters. Uh, and again, it's there's a lot of overlap. I get that. Boba Fett was reintroduced in Mandalorian. Fennec was originally uh, a, a, an adversary of Boba Fett's, right? He left her for dead. And I liked how they, you know, and they explained her loyalty to Boba Fett because he found her. And because of his knowledge of the mod people, 
like that was basically why they existed to say, oh, this is how she got a new stomach and her intestines are all, you know, modded out and metal. So she's got a second life and that's why she's loyal to him. I'm more interested in her as a character, quite frankly, because she's got some, you know, rogue in her. I feel like she's got some real gray area. Right. And is witnessed by the fact that she just was like, hey, all the people that, you know, crossed us instead of just making peace or having resuming talks. Nah, F them. They're dead. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I like I like her. I hope she gets her own spinoff series. I'll be interested to see what's going on there. So that was kind of a, a, a positive takeaway for me. I think I, I just like saying uh, the actress who plays her, Ming Na Wen. Yeah, no, I like yeah. her a lot. She was in. Um, you like who a lot? <laughs> um, her, Fennec. Ming Na Wen. Ming Na Wen. She, sure, close enough. She was good in. Uh, the other Marvel show, I'm drawing a blank on it. Ugh. Was she in Agents of Shield? Yeah, yeah, that's right. No, I, I when I was watching that Funny show, you say I, the other Marvel show, Disney's not Marvel or uh, Star Wars is Marvel, but they have the same parent company. So I'm, I get uh, you're right. I meant to say the other Disney show. Um, but no, I I think she's she plays the badass woman really well. Yeah, and she's silent and has an a, an efficiency of words and. I like her. I think that's a good character. I will definitely still, uh, you know, be invested in Book of Boba Fett season two, should that come to roost. Not as much as I was going into this season. I hope that they hear, you know, some of the the wants, the needs, the the reception from critics and fans alike, address it and, you know, get this guy back on the right track. But hey, season one of most shows is usually the roughest season. Game of Thrones right. season one, by far, not the best except for the last which we don't talk about and we don't talk about bruno so i've been waiting to say that since last year i'm so funny um and then like breaking bad first season was pretty brutal you know by comparison so let's let it play out yeah see how this goes but uh yeah there's there's enough promise and future crossover potential for to come back but just feels like a few missed opportunities and i'm okay with that i agree i think that if they can take some of the feedback they get offline and then make a second season where they put, put some of that into play, I think that they can make a really, really good show. Yeah. And let's define his character a little bit more. Yep. Not just like, Oh, well I had a near death experience and now I'm a good guy. Nah, I need a little more. I need a little more. Make him more, make him more flawed. Let's learn more about his past too. Yep. Yeah. I agree. All right. So uh, as we wrap up, what would you give this as an overall rating? Thank you. I've actually been thinking about this. A seven seems a little light to me if we're doing a scale one to 10 and eight feels too high. So I'm going to say a solid seven and a half. It was like a good, a completely satisfactory, but never felt like it put a whole lot of effort into, you know, I'm getting my inner grading on my, my teacher. <laughs> but yeah, seven and a half seems right. It seems agreeable to me, even when I say it out loud. So I was going back and forth between a six and a half or a seven. And I think I'm going to choose seven because I don't want to be super negative. I think that this was fairly entertaining. I didn't not enjoy it. It had Danny Trejo. And and you can't literally, if you rate anything below a seven that Danny Trejo is in, he will come after you. Yep. That is a fact. So I, I'm going to give it a seven. Yes. For my, my biggest complaint is it should have saved stuff for Mandalorian season three. 
We did not need to see him wield the dark saber just yet. We did not need to learn the fate of Grogu. We did not need to see Luke Skywalker until Mandalorian season three. (laughs) I felt like it was too reliant on the Mandalorian's appeal and draw and didn't prop up its main character enough. Thank you, your honor. I agree. (laughs) I rest my case. I'm going to rest my case all over your face. I'm going to rest my face all over your case. And just in case, we've got a few closing ceremonies. Sometimes we do, sometimes we don't do. But oh, today, uh, if we're wrapping up that up, uh, Brandon, do you mind if I give you and all of our great listeners, the randos, still trying to get that over, uh, a shadow of the synopsis? I really feel like this is a worthy one of your time and effort. Yes, please. Okay, so if, if this is your first time tuning in, welcome. Happy to have you here. Uh, every so often, now, we uh, give each other shadows of the synopsis. I'm going to give him the lowdown of something from TV, from a movie, from video game, comic series, whatever it is. And uh, I'm going to be, you know, not too generous here, but I think just right. If you know it, you'll know it. Okay. Okay. Ready. Ready. This story pertains to 12-year-old David, who lives in his family, who lives in his family. It's this weirdest thing. Who lives with his family in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. So it's already a Florida story. You know, it's going to be good. When he awakens from being accidentally knocked out in the forest near his home, he finds that eight years have passed. His family is overjoyed to have him back, but they are just as perplexed as he is by the fact he hasn't aged. When a NASA scientist discovers a UFO nearby, David gets the chance to unravel the mystery and recover the life and eight years that he lost. That is all. I don't know. I have no, I, I literally have no inclination whatsoever about what this could be. Okay. Well, that's, that's really good for, uh, for our success rate. <laughs> Understandable. What, what is, just give me your ballpark. Is this something you played? Is this something you read? Is this something you watched? Big screen, small screen, just where are you where are you feeling, where are you land. I mean, it does. It, I mean, it doesn't sound like a video game, but you're right. It, it sounds like a movie or a TV show, but I, it doesn't help me. I I don't know what it is. What if I told you starring Sarah Jessica Parker and the late River Phoenix? Nope, nothing. This is uh, speaking of Disney. This is from 1986. This is Flight of the Navigator. I used to love this movie as a kid. Is this not ringing any bells? No, I, I know the movie name. I don't know the movie. Oh, I feel that's fair. I feel like a lot of people know the name, not so much the story, because it's just been a long time since we've interacted with it. You know, probably last time you watched it was as a kid. I don't even know if I've ever watched it, to be honest with you. Okay, what are you doing tonight? Watching Flight of the Navigator. All right, Disney Plus, coming your way. Well, okay, cool. All right. That's all, well, that's all I got. Eh, good try. Or good try from me. Good, good try, me. There you go. There you Way go. to prop yourself up. I feel better. <laughs> I would, I would too, given your position. All right. Well, let's let's wrap it up. Thank you so much to all the rando randos out there who listen yeah. to random <laughs> fandom. Uh, we appreciate you all. You, I suck at this. Yep, it's not your strong suit, but we sometimes it is. It for me. All of you for giving us a listen. Yes. And if you want to interact with us in between listens, uh, tell us how much, you know, we suck. 
<laughs> or call us dorks of ages or whatever else that comment said, which still tickles me. Uh, feel free, find us on SoundCloud, iTunes. We have a whole almost six year catalog archives. You can just kind of see how we got to be the way we are now, given uh, all that we've uh, said and felt over the years. And we have Twitter. Brandon, would you mind hitting them with it? Yeah, our Twitter is at randomfandomwbb. We also have a Gmail account. You can email us any of your thoughts or tell us that we are awesome or that we're not awesome at randomfandomcast at gmail.com. Boom. There it is. Until you hear from us again, I want to say thank you, dear listeners, for being a fan of our fandom. Stay geeky, everyone.